Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey gang, how's everybody doing this evening? How are the posties, the post family of the Facebook? <laughs> Hope everybody's doing good. Doing good, good, good on Wednesday, wonderful Wednesday. Um, this is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live for our daily post and daily dose. Big Papa's traveling. Um, he said he was in New York and had just landed and was racing to get to his appointment. So um, I'm joining in tonight. Um, and I didn't, I just, I'm going to be honest with you, I've been pretty overwhelmed. And in that state, um, a little, um, whew, I just want to unplug. <laughs> like, I just want to unplug from all these things that feel like pressure, all this pressure, all this stress, all this anxiety, hearing all these needs from all these people. And I'm just like, ah, you know, find it. Kind of like you guys, I just like, I wish I could just go in and somehow magically fix it all so that we could all feel calm and peaceful and connected and loved like we truly are versus all this fear and anxiety that feels like it's stirred up right now. Um, sometimes I do, I just have to especially put down my electronics. Um, you know, I don't know, it just seems like sometimes, think about this when we're using our Facebook and our social media, right? We're scrolling and you pause. You see, oh my gosh, my friend's baby is really sick. And then you scroll a little more and you're like, oh, look at that funny cat video. And then you scroll some more and like, oh, look at that, um, that scary mess over in whatever country. You know, it's like um, we have two choices. We can either really let our emotions get involved and really be touched by things or, thanks Mimi, yes, breathe in, breathe out, absolutely. You know, we can let, uh, we. it's like we have two choices and that one is to be really affected by the things that we're seeing or the other is to, is to not be affected and that's not very healthy either. And so I think I just settle in on the reality that sometimes social media can just really be very very stimulating and sometimes i just need to not be on it um because i feel that uh i feel that either i have to be on the roller coaster or i have to be disconnected and i don't want to become an unempathetic person you know and so um just measuring how much i plug in and how it's affecting me and noticing that I think is important. Um, that has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> or maybe it does, actually, as I think about it. Um, um, so when Brian asked me to fill in for him tonight, I really, you know, honestly feeling just kind of this neurological fatigue that I've been experiencing the last few days and feeling all these needs of all these different families and all these different situations. Things are kind of bubbling and I I know um, that it is directly related to school. You know, it just adds a new stress. Um, our kids now have multiple bosses that they have to listen to and sometimes that can get really difficult. So, um, sometimes when I, when my thoughts are all jumbled up, and I'm not sure what to offer that's really going to be helpful. I reach out for this from Fear to Love. It's just such a great book. And so that's what I did. I thought, well, let me just pull out my book from Fear to Love and let's see what comes up. 
And so I just want to, I'm just going to pull it out. I'm going to read a little bit to you guys. This actually was something that came up in our private Facebook group as there was some conversation about um, the relationship between teachers and students. Um, and the mom was talking about uh, just, you know, that relationship and realizing that your kids have a lot of different adults that they relate to within a day and they don't all relate the same way. And so um, I titled my topic, Talk Less. <laughs> and it makes me think about Eric Guy reminding us that sometimes, especially when we're parenting our young men, um, stereotypically speaking, um, boys use fewer words than girls. And so sometimes we need to remember that and we need to talk less and just let our energy, let our energy do the communicating. And in fact, I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to just read from this. Um, this starts, I'm going to start on page 32 and we're talking in this chapter about, um, different ages, meaning um, we have our chronological age, meaning the amount of time we've been on earth. We have our cognitive age, our ability to perceive and have cognition and make sense of the things in our world. We have our emotional age, which is where we need to be parenting from. Um, so that's what, and then this, uh, this chapter also is talking about different levels of memory. So, um, I'm just going to jump in and I'm just going to read a little bit to you guys. In the seminal work, Secure Base, by John Bowlby, the father of attachment, he says, the first three years of our life establish the blueprints for all future relationships. We know that before birth, the brain has already developed every neuron we're ever going to have for the rest of our lives. A printing process happens right before birth when the brain pairs down some unneeded neurons. It's critical to understand that high levels of stress and trauma impact the state level of memory and affect our personality traits. Bruce Perry says states become traits. What happens at the state level of memory develops the personality. Therefore, if a child has experienced trauma at that level, it is significant. Um, I like what, um, oh gosh, now my 50-year-old brain's going to kick in and I'm not going to come up with a name. And she's like a friend of mine. Um, she says, um, in the womb, our brain is developing for the the world that it's going to be born to. And so when we think about foster care and adoption, that also becomes very significant because the brain is influenced by the hormones, not just by, you know, we know like nutrition, we know drugs and alcohol, all those things affect the mind-body development, but so do the hormones that the mother is experiencing. Those flow straight to the baby's brain and have a significant impact on how the brain develops. And so um, the statement that the brain is being developed for the world that it will be born to is quite significant when we think about the world of adoption. There's just a lot to consider. And when we take in, when we take in this information and we begin to understand that really we're all doing the very best that we can at any given moment. But what happens is we get triggered in the moment. So our brains get overwhelmed with stress hormones and in that our thinking becomes distorted and confused. And so what our best looks like in one moment versus another moment is affected by our internal state. And that is something that oftentimes we seem to forget 
Why? Because we're all human. We all have blueprints. We all have this thing in our brain called the amygdala that can get stressed out and overwhelmed. And in that place, it changes our perception, our reactions, and how we respond to people. What I think is really important and interesting in this particular chapter is Brian talks about it's critical to understand that parenting, and I will say relationship in replacement of that, that relationship is much more an emotional exercise than a cognitive one. The most important elements of relationship lie in facial expressions, timing, intensity, tone of voice, gestures, and eye contact. These are the most influential pathways to a child's state level of memory. The state level of memory has, of who have experienced trauma is accessible 24 hours a day. If you know how to engage the child's state level, which involves going beyond mere talking, the child can be influenced positively. And so this was shared in a situation uh, in our private group where the child felt like the teacher was really yelling at them. And maybe the child, maybe the teacher was yelling. I mean, I don't know. Or maybe we have some sensitivity, which we all do. We all have sensitivity to facial expressions, timing, intensity, tone of voice, gesture, and eye contact. Because these are subconscious. This is subconscious communication. And our brains will pick up tone, timing, intensity. If I come at you with a high level of intensity, especially if it's intensity that I'm bringing in from a different environment, our children will perceive that as an added threat. And so one of the most important things that you can do is just check those things, you know, for us to become more and more mindful and aware of our tone, our intensity, our, our timing, our facial expressions, and our eye contact. One of the best ways to do that is to do what I'm doing right now. Pull out your phone and just go to your camera and start recording yourself. I, <laughs> I have so many funny little facial expressions and, and odd quirks in my communication that I never even knew were there until I started doing videos like this. And then I suddenly realized that I had all these sort of anxious qualities. And when you're upset, if nobody is in immediate danger, before you decide how you're going to address it with your kids, pick up your phone, go sit in your bedroom and rant or in your closet or wherever you need to go and rant like you would rant at them. And you'll suddenly realize that you're way more intimidating than you ever knew. All of your emotion is coming out through your facial expressions and your eyes and your tone of voice and your timing and sometimes without meaning to, we spew our stress all over our kids. And sometimes their internal stress will perceive you as being much more threatening than what you're intending to. So being attuned to that and recognizing and realizing that this is a real thing we're all doing the best that we can at any given moment. Us as adults, we are the leaders in our family. So when you sense that your child is hijacked, that they're like really stressed out, then that's a really good time just to get really quiet. If that's what fits. I mean, try it. Try just getting quiet. 
try just waiting until they, you know, done and said and spewed and spun as much as they needed to spew and spin. Um, I had another mom said, ah, this explains why sometimes my child says I'm yelling when she's the only one yelling. Yeah. I mean, it's just their internal experience. And that can happen to anybody. You know, I'm sure I felt, shoot, I have felt like people were yelling and I'm home alone by myself. But it's all, you know, it's all what's going on inside of my own mind-body system. It feels like I'm, you know, like the world is screaming at me. But that's just my own sense of feeling overwhelmed. So just to be, just to let this um, episode of Post Daily Dose be a reminder one, that, um, you know, our kids are, are <laughs> thank you, Carrie, our kids are, they're dealing with a lot out there, and they're just kids, and if they've experienced trauma, or let's just not even talk about that part, let's just say if they're a child who happens to be sensitive, if they have a sensitive amygdala, then, you know, they're going to come home from school, and they're going to probably be exhausted, because they've had to deal with, you know, at least at least within a day at school they've probably dealt with 10 different adults who are authority figures in that setting and they're trying you know our kids are trying and the fact that most days they are able to complete the day with relatively few blow-ups with relatively few episodes of you know throwing a chair or a room having to be cleared you know when you think about it from this perspective and from this lens, they're doing really, really, really good. You know, the fact that they're making it through the day, dealing with, I mean, if I had to deal with six different bosses in a day, I don't know if I would do very well. <laughs> and the fact that our kids do, and they are oftentimes eager to please, they want to please, they want to engage, they want to learn, they want to be at school, they want to be with their peers, 